What are the three key fantasy football questions facing the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we close another week of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ironman. I'm not doing this. I read about NFL and fantasy football for sportingnews.com. Check it out. We're getting you through the offseason with the offseason grades for all 32 teams, catching up on the best available free agents, all that good stuff. Here on Locked On Fantasy Football, we need to close our look at the teams in the NFC South and the key questions we're asking out of training camp. This is our third division in full, so if you missed our breakdown of any teams in NFC East or NFC North, those are up. So we are now going 12 for 12 with our teams with another 20 to go still. So one more division to break down in the NFC next week. We'll do that with the West and then go East to West, Outback order in each division by city name there to break it down. So that means that the NFC South, we're down to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we will look at that team. A lot of question marks about them post-Tom Brady and what we can expect from their offense with a new offense coordinator, Dave Canales, replacing Byron Leftwich. So a lot of good stuff to consider with the Buccaneers. There might be some sneaky value to extract from them as well. So we'll dive right into it. We'll look at Rashad White in the backfield. We look how these wide receivers are affected. Then Cade Otten, don't forget about him. Could he have an impact here as a fantasy football tight end more than we think in 2023? So those are the questions laid out for you. We'll get into them in a moment. Before we do that, I got to tell you that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNFL. When you enter the promo code LockedOnNFL, that's all caps. They'll throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every order. You can't beat that, so get in on Bird Dogs, and we'll give you more on Bird Dogs later in the show. All right, it's time to dive into the first key question surrounding the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Is Rashad White too good to be true in the great spot he has without Leonard Fournette in this backfield? So, Let's look at it for sure with uh, what this kid can do. They're really high on him. You look at it last year. They're kind of working into the touches here. You have 197 uh, potential ways to touch the ball here that have been vacated. You look at it last year, Rashad White was involved quite a bit in what he was doing. He finished as running back 38 in half-point PPR. He had Leonard Fournette, who the guy he's pl- replacing here. He finished as 19th running back on the board in half-point PPR and overall scoring 15 in average points per game. Now, he's given up a lot here, 189 in the rushing game, 262 touches overall. So you have 197 available, 272 touches. A lot of them, of course, lost by Leonard Fournette. So this backfield has been remixed. Last year it was Leonard Fournette, Giovanni Bernard, and one Keyshawn Vaughn. Now Keyshawn Vaughn is the only returning back. They replace Bernard with Chase Edmonds, a similar back, and they add also Patrick Laird. He had a little bit of a flash with the Dolphins. So this is your new backfield, White, Edmonds, Vaughn, and Laird as they go into training camp. So definitely a lot to like about 
White in the situation. He caught 50 of 58 targets for 292 yards there last year. That was special. He also was able to rush for 481 yards on 129 carries. He added up to 771 yards from scrimmage and three TDs. That's very modest, but there's a lot available there with what Leonard Fournette did not give them last year. And another thing to keep in mind with the Buccaneers, they were the least active running team in the NFL last year with Brady. They were pass happy like nuts. What was that degree of that? 68% of the time this team passed. That is a massive number. Most teams are still healthy around 60%. And we know this is a pass leaning league and there's only a few teams that run more than they pass in terms of how they choose to call plays. But that's ridiculous number right there. So you look at the, the Seahawks, and this is important for the new offensive coordinator, Dave Canales, who came from Seattle. They were a passing team pretty aggressively as well, but that was a more reasonable number there at 59%. So you're really looking at a different opportunity here coming up for Rashad White without Leonard Fournette. That's why they need to add an extra back here because this team's going to be throwing quite a bit. You also look at where Chase Edmonds is ranked in half-point PPR. He's RB65, so well off where Rashad White is right now. So I think there's definitely some sleeper status for White. Again, he's going to bump up big time. So you see where he could go with Leonard Fournette's numbers as a pretty solid RB2, but is that underselling him? I mean, Edmonds is a guy that has been hurt and can't stay on the field. Keyshawn Vaughn has just been average here. This mix that prompted them to draft Rashad White. And Canales, I mean, what did he do last year? He had a lot of Kenneth Walker. They worked him into the passing game a little bit. They did have other guys who could do that in Seattle. So, again, he wasn't calling the plays, but they had concepts that were similar that are going to be implemented here in Tampa. So when you look at that, again, the carries and opportunity should go up, not just with the Fournette departure, but with the usage of the running backs. You also figure there's going to be more room for checkdowns, the, the, the unquestionable Real uh, shaky quarterback situation between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask. You could see more dump-offs to the running back. Again, they like Rashad White's part uh, in that situation. Uh, Improved in pass protection, can stay on the field and catch passes, can be a pretty good finisher. We saw the flashes there in the middle of the season. So it's all lining up really well for Rashad White. The only thing that you question is the Buccaneers may not be a very good team, so they could be passing a lot and be forced in that. But still, you're looking at, at most a 60% passing team, I think, this year. It's just not going to happen the same way. They need to protect their quarterbacks. You can completely trust the GOAT and hey, give them a high volume with elite receivers, but you can't do that now. The Buccaneers are going to grind out wins, complement their defense. They're going to have to run the ball more. So everything lining up well for White, Fournette being gone, him being the seamless transition to replace him with a key role. Edmonds could simply be a blip the way that Bernard is with Vaughn having a lateral role here in this offense with a little bit more action for Laird if he makes the team. So I think there's not a lot of difference from last year, except White slides into Fournette's role. You have Edmonds subbing for Bernard. Vaughn is still the number three. And now you get more touches, more opportunities to score. So again, those were not bad numbers already. It's 771 and three with that limited role. He was a very efficient pass catcher, as we know, 50 of 58 targets there as well. So he can't score through the air. So everything lines up well. So the bottom line answer to this question, Rashad White is every bit worth the hype here. 
I think this is a modest total with that ranking from last year for Fournette. I think you're looking at a potential top 12 back here. And just by the volume alone and the talent, and they didn't really do anything. Assuming they don't add anyone here, Rashad White in a great position to dominate touches and produce well in fantasy football as we are hoping and we expect. So you can definitely draft him a little bit ahead of his RB2 status. All right, there's a look at the first key question surrounding the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The next one involves their wide receivers. Yeah, this is going to be tough here for Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They go from Jameis Winston to the GOAT to a battle between Mayfield and Trask. So we'll see how that plays out for them and try to answer that question as best we can in this segment. Well, we did tell you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by Bird Dogs, and we love Bird Dogs. I mean, I like wearing... Their shorts, they're so comfortable. They're all their gears just uh, going to be designed to make you look good. They have stretch khaki shorts. I love those. They're designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and like giving you a truly sculpted look. We're all looking for that, guys. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as the higher priced shorts from Lululemon, and they fit way better. They fit way better, and they're made of a stiff, restricting cotton. And Bird Dogs uh, didn't uh, do this here with. The simple ways here, they made it really special for you with fabric that looks just like cocky but stretches. So you get a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. So it looks like one of those uh, cotton shorts, but also feels great. And you can move when it everywhere you go. And really, Bird Dogs, it's just going to give you that uh, crossover feel as well. An anti-stink sweat wicking fabric is going to keep you cool and dry all day long, no matter what you're doing. So look... You want to be able to move, and Bird Dogs is going to go away and uh, look at the ways to make your day a lot better so you can transition, whether you're going from an active walking mode or just going to the store or going for a night out. Bird Dogs has got you covered. So really, it's uh, fantastic that uh, Bird Dogs is with us here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Really, it's exciting because you can also get this uh, free gift that I'll show you if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah, right now you can get this uh, Yeti-style tumbler. That's right. They're giving this free gift with any order right now. All you have to do is go to Bird Dogs and order some shorts or pants here for the summer. So really uh, great stuff that you can get in on now. So go to birddogs.com slash NFL for that style tumbler that you can get. yeti style for you with any order that's bird dogs locked on nfl for free yeti style tumbler you won't want to take your bird dogs off we promise you check it out right now at birddogs.com slash locked on nfl all right it is time to continue the show on locked on fantasy football thanks again for for making us your first listen every day we're free and available subscribe wherever you get your podcasts we're part of locked on podcast network your team every day your fantasy football team every day as well now let's uh, ask that key question about the buccaneers wide receiver are mike evans and chris godwin in trouble with these new quarterbacks that are not tom brady well yeah we've got to worry a little bit about this here so they're not going to do this uh, 32 percent uh, running anymore i think they're going to go up with the rushing attack that means less opportunities with targets they have 238 vacated targets which is a pretty healthy number here Let's look at the numbers from last year. Evans finished as wide receiver 16, Chris Godwin as wide receiver 20. That's in half-point PPR. Evans was 
in terms of average points per game and half point per year are 14, where you had Godwin at 20 as well. So both of these guys were in the wide receiver two range. Evans got the bump a little bit more in this format because of his touchdown ability. Now you look at where they're ranked now. Godwin about where he was last year, but he's the last wide receiver two on the board in half point PPR, according to the expert consensus at 24. Mike Evans, without that touchdown love from Tom Brady, all the way down at 32. So you have a lot of vacated targets. This is pretty high in relation to teams in the NFL. You have uh, quite a bit, however, coming from Leonard Fournette. We know that. Do you have 102 targets that are the key losses here with uh, Julio Jones and Scott Miller and uh, Rashad Perryman? So 102 there, a lot from Fournette. And you go for... The volume from last year, we'll see if that can really hold up. But Evans had 127 targets, caught 77 for 1,124 yards and six TDs. So another 1,000-yard season, but not the big touchdown upside and just barely over that by 125 yards. You had Chris Godwin also break the 1,000-yard barrier, but only three touchdowns with his 104 catches. So 104 for 142. So Godwin being the way more efficient receiver in terms of the volume, but a little bit less big playability and a little less touchdown ability. And that's pretty much been the case here. Evans is a big play and touchdown guy that can inflate his numbers. Godwin is a steadier guy that you're looking week in and week out that's working the slot to make the catches. Now, you also had Russell Gage. He had 70 targets from last year. So when you look at that, it's still Evans, Godwin, Gage, but less of these extra receivers are really thin now without Jones, Miller, Perryman in the mix. You look at uh, Kate Otten at tight end, might be their next best receiver after these three guys. So we'll explore Otten and his potential in our final question here. But when you look at it, Godwin, probably safer for TDs, the way he runs routes with uh, Mayfield and Trask, just being an inside route guy that can be used in red zone. Mike Evans is a field stretching guy. We know that's not the strength of Mayfield or Trask. He also turns 30 in August to, you know, Godwin's a little bit younger. So Evans could be fading a little bit with the metrics and all that good stuff. So I could see his uh, numbers kind of a plateau here while Godwin still might be able to build on this number. So that's why you see Godwin close to his ranking from last year while Evans plummets really all the way down near the bottom of the wide receiver three. So all these things are working against Evans. He's been really good. He's had a fine career. It's kind of interesting that uh, they're going with uh, Baker Mayfield here. We know uh, Evans' uh, best numbers started to show up with Johnny Manziel, a smaller quarterback who won the Heisman at Texas A&M. So now you get Baker Mayfield. Maybe a connection will develop there. I think Mayfield is a bit underrated as a big play thrower, but still – I think Godwin is the better receiver at this point. The talent is going to carry and think he's more effective for what they want to do. Again, slight pivot from that pass-happy offense to something a little bit more balanced here this season. Now, there's a parallel from where Dave Canales coached last year. We have, of course, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. The targets were like this, 141 for Metcalf, 117 for Lockett. So in a way that uh, Metcalf got the volume of Godwin and Evans got the lesser, you look at where they finished, very similar, but they elevate up as wide receiver twos. Uh, Tyler Lockett finishes wide receiver 13, Metcalf is 18. Again, bigger plays and the touchdowns, despite the lesser volume there for Lockett. So something to keep in mind. But I think they also interchange Metcalf, Metcalf and Lockett in the slot a little bit more. I don't think the versatility is the same for Evans to go inside the way that Metcalf can. So when you look at it, Godwin could be a little bit of Lockett, a little bit of Metcalf, where Evans is trying to be a lesser version of both of those guys together into one package. So 
I think you'll see some of the Metcalf numbers. You'll see some of the Lockett numbers, but I think Godwin clearly is the better option. So I'm still going to draft both as a wide receiver two here. I mean, Evans, I just don't want to think he's going to drop off too much. There's still quite a bit of talent. I would say maybe you can drop him a little bit higher into the wide receiver three. So maybe in the 25 to 30 range is where you look at it, where Chris Godwin, I think you still look at maybe 18 to 23, a little bit ahead of his uh, draft capital here in uh, 2023. So a lot of parallels to draw the Metcalf locket, uh, no Brady looking at Mayfield, looking at the vacated targets, looking at gauge, all these things line up to say that Godwin will be a better value for sure than Evans. And again, you downgrade both of them. It's because you're not sure how much this team is going to throw and throw as effectively as they did, of course, Tom Brady versus what they have now with Mayfield versus Trask. All right. There's a look at the White, Evans, and Godwin values here for 2023 fantasy football. We'll ask that key question regarding KDOT. We're not going to ask a question about Mayfield or Trask. We just don't feel comfortable about either of those guys' fantasy football values. So we'll look at KDOT and we'll explore whether the tight end can be a sleeper here in fantasy football for 2023. Thanks, Everydayers, for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We will uh, take a break, and we'll be back next week. We have the Juneteenth holiday there, so we're going to take Monday off there. So a little bit extended weekend for us on the show, and then we will uh, turn our attention to the last AFC division breakdown, or NFC division breakdown, I should say, before we dive into the AFC, so getting a little ahead of myself. It'll be the Arizona Cardinals, the next team we explore. Then we'll look at the San Francisco 49ers and Seattle Seahawks with the Los Angeles Rams in between all that. So we've got the marquee division left, the marquee teams that we want to look at, some key questions with all four of those teams of the West. We'll cover that division for you next week after uh, taking Monday off there for the Juneteenth holiday. So remember what it's about and uh, have a good weekend with that. And we'll be back to analyze more there for you after the break all right speaking of after the break it's time to uh answer our last key question about the 2023 tampa bay buccaneers do we target kate otten as a sleeper tight end in deeper rounds so that is a very good question with kate otten because there's no more rob gronkowski there's no more cameron break there's no more oj howard so all these guys are gone that were really making crowd now there was coquif behind Otten on this depth chart, so a fellow second-year tight end. Let's look at the numbers for last year. 65 targets for Otten. He caught 42 balls for 391 yards and two TDs. Cameron Brait, part of those vacated targets, he had 38 last year and only 20 catches for 174 yards. So when you put those all together, that doesn't seem to have a lot available here. It's close, uh, but not quite to 600 yards. When you look at the combined total here, you're looking at uh, – 565 so not quite there and the two tds so there's some room for improvement don't forget you also had kyle rudolph catch three of five targets for 28 yards and a, and a td so right there when you're looking at 600 yards around 300 yards uh, that are available and then you look at the other part here is the fact that uh, only one touchdown so there's some real expansion there to uh, build on what Brayton and Rudolph did as Otten doubled them with two last year. So you're looking at 593 and three. If you go on the baseline of what Otten did last year, if he scoops up a lot of what Brayton Rudolph did. So again, he had uh, a good combined number of targets. When you look at that without Keith, uh, there's definitely some availability there when you look at those targets. So 
So when you account for that, I mean, that's a good number, right? Then you're pushing, when you look at the targets for the tight end, there's a potential of getting about 85 to 100. So that's good to know. There's about seven TDs vacated here in the passing game when you look at it without Leonard Fournette as well. So something to consider. So it's not bad at all for Kadon to be productive. We know they used some 12 personnel and two tight end sets there. Last year in Seattle where Dave Canales, the offense coordinator coach, they had Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson add up to 135 targets. So even if we can get to 100 here, I think we're looking at a decent uh, production line from Kate Otten. Right now his ranking is way down there. He's buried among the tight end twos, so there's not a lot of buzz with him at all. You can get him pretty cheap, but he's a good athlete. I know he disappointed last year coming off an injury that he had lingering from the University of Washington, but something to look at. Otten is a special athletic target here. There's not a lot. You trust Otten more than Russell Gage if you're this Buccaneers uh, passing attack with either Mayfield or Trask. There's definitely a lean there that could be there if they're working in the middle of the field more, using the seams, Godwin in the slot. Russell Gage just being there to be on the outside 11 personnel, but whether you have 11 or 12 personnel, Otten will be on the field as the number one tight end. So it's all looking decent for Otten. I wouldn't go bang the table and say he has to be drafted and he's a guy that you can get away with in a later round. But I think definitely you look at his upside as a sleeper, a good stash late in drafts to consider as a tight end too and see where it goes from there, especially with the transition going on in the Buccaneers offense that could open things up more for the tight end behind Evans and Godwin the past game, especially without uh, Fournette there and White picking up maybe a chunk of his uh, targets, but not everyone is going to come there in the red zone from what Fournette left behind either. And uh, Godwin, we also know is not a big-time scorer. Evans is more of a big play type scorer. I don't know if you'll see a lot of those one-yard touchdowns that Tom Brady gave him. So Otten will have some opportunities there to score as well inside the 20 and inside the 10. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of the 2023 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the three key fantasy football questions we wanted to do our best to answer ahead of training camp. That that puts a bow on the NFC South. Again, if you missed our look at the Atlanta Falcons, Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, those are up, as well as any team that we uh, took an in-depth look at from the NFC East or NFC North. And again, we'll turn our attention next to the NFC West after the long holiday here, and we'll come back there for you. So for Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great three days, and we'll catch you up there with a new show on Tuesday.